Okay, welcome back to the Thought Gallery podcast. We are in episode six. That is six episodes, which is amazing. And I am here with my co-host, Megan. Megan, 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 Megan. <gasps> okay. It's like that scene from Hercules. And today our episode <laughs> uh, is titled, titled, What Happened Was. It's a phrase that my dad often uses when he tells a story. He'll be like, what happened was, and then he'll just go into the story. So the premise is we are going to discuss things that were misunderstood in Sunday school about the Bible, like I maybe misunderstood them, things that are often misunderstood or misrepresented in movies, and just um, some of those things. About the Bible. Yeah, about the Bible specifically. Um, So before we start off, what is uh, one of the Bible stories that you first remember hearing in Sunday school? Uh, what, one of them I first remember hearing was Joshua and the Israelites walking around Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. That's what I remember. That's one of the first ones I remember. I think mine was definitely Jesus on the cross. Like, I can remember, I can remember that. Wow. Really well. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to start back in the Genesis. The beginning. Um. Yeah, it's a very common misconception. Uh, Chantel told me some of hers. That's why I kind of have an idea of what's going on. So the first misconception we have is uh, found in Genesis. I think I want to say Genesis 3. And it is involves some fruit. Oh, yeah. It's 3. I looked it up. uh, There's Adam. There's Eve. There's a serpent, which is often represented as a snake which didn't become a snake until after the fact. That's one of the misconceptions. Um, and so I remember... Oh, I never even thought of that. Yeah. You're right. He lost his legs after... After the... After the, um. They were cursed. So I remember being in Sunday school, and they, they're they telling the story of Adam and Eve and the fall of man, and they have an apple in their hands. And I remember they wanted to, like they were having the kids reenact the story and they had me be Eve and they wanted me to bite the apple. And, uh, I just remember thinking, I do not want to bite the same apple as a little boy, <laughs> which it's funny because Eve ate the apple first. So that is one of the first misconceptions is that the fruit of the tree of good and evil was, was an, an apple. apple. There were apples, but it says it fruit, was fruit, it just says fruit. It doesn't uh, say apple. It doesn't even say what kind of fruit. It probably doesn't even exist in the real... We, like, we probably don't have uh, that fruit today. Yeah, it probably doesn't exist. It's a special fruit on a special tree that we're not supposed to eat. And so I wonder where it came from. <clears throat> you didn't look this up beforehand? It's, honestly, okay, I'm going to tell you where I think before you look it up. Okay. And we'll see if I'm right. I honestly think that a lot of these things came from just an artist's depiction of what they thought it was. So, like, an artist back then, especially back then, like, Renaissance medieval times, would have chosen... Because most of these people were not Christians. They were just artists, like, they had been commissioned by churches and all that stuff. But anyway, so they probably were just like, we gotta find a fruit. And, you know, this one chose apples are red. They're, that's a sinful color, you know, something like that. So, what does 
Wikipedia tell us? <laughs> Wikipedia. It actually, it's like, has the art and it, it depends on, in European countries, it's often depicted as an apple. Some depict it as a fig because God made them clothes, or they made their clothes out of fig leaves. Remember they hid it underneath fig leaves? So some people depict it as a fig. Um, I'm not sure how much sense that makes though. Just for the fact that if they weren't supposed to eat off the tree, why would God use the leaves from the tree mm-hmm. to clothe them? Although, God, it didn't say God clothed them in leaves. It said, didn't it say fur? No, no, it says when they hid, they covered themselves in fig leaves, and then oh. God made Okay, so God didn't give them the fig leaves, or God didn't give them leaves. They covered yeah, themselves no. in leaves. Okay, so for the apple... Um, they, it says it was possibly because of a misunderstanding or a pun on malum, a native Latin noun, which means evil. So Mm. it's like the pun off the word evil in Latin. That's interesting. So that's the first one. And I think, uh, as a child, I just always thought it was an apple until I got older and I was like, it wasn't actually an apple. This is where becoming a good teacher and being a good Berean comes in. Next, uh, do you have one that you wanted to share? Uh, are we going like chronologically, or can I just do it, like say anything? Because I'm Let's not. Let's stick to the Old Testament for right now. Okay. Well, you do yours, and then I'll do any no, you that. Go ahead. Are... You go next. Go for it. Okay. Uh, Old Testament. Okay. This isn't something. I mean, I chose some that weren't technically in like children's church but like no i mean i like i some of the ones i chose is i didn't realize even until this year okay just always because of what i learned what i saw in pictures because depictions in art that's one thing that we can talk about is depiction or you've already talked about is depictions in art make a big difference for what we then perceive as the truth this is so weird i'm actually looking at you as we're talking now (laughs) (laughs) um anyway uh we've moved those location so me and Chantal can actually oh, yeah, look we're at in each my other. bedroom on the bed because I got a new laptop praise the lord yeah. track. okay so one of them that I chose and this this will follow on that follow along that line of thought is that God the father has a human form like the explain so you're gonna blow God's minds. always depicted as this really old guy with this really long white beard and long white hair and this long white robe. Which, and I mean, some of that is from Revelation, I yeah. think. But God is a spirit. He's not... He doesn't have a human form, per se. Like... Yes, we were made in his image, but God became flesh, like we know as a flesh, when he sent Christ. The Im- is. Is Jesus. the image of God referring to our physical form, or is it referring to the fact that he we gave us soul. the breath of life? So, that's one misconception that we have, and it's always depicted in, like, I was just looking today at, like, children's Bible s- stories on Pinterest, right? And they have God, and it's the typical old grandpa-looking guy in a white robe. That's another one. Let's transition, then, into depictions of Jesus. That's like a misconception that Jesus is this. Oh, I looked that up too. Creamy white dude with always wears white with a blue sash. 
and has like or a red short, sash has a, yeah shorter shoulder length hair right so go ahead well i think where are you gonna start i don't, I don't know. know i was just i always tell my kids when i'm teaching them in sunday school this isn't this isn't what jesus actually looks like it's just what somebody imagined him looking like like this is an actual picture of him it's just a drawing somebody did oh that's good that's good to say because sometimes like no one ever told me that and i always just assumed like oh that's what jesus looks like it's very i will say if you see that classic picture of jesus then you're like if you see that then you're like oh that's supposed to be jesus so it's very familiar yeah so it's kind of like it's more like iconography so it's it's like an icon so yeah when jesus is depicted that's what they use because that is what sets him apart in a crowd so jesus in the bible says that he was a normal like looking man there was nothing that like set him apart but when we're trying to teach people of course we want to set jesus as apart uh, because he's the main character so kind of like if you look at if you look at any story or any show or any movie there are characters that are purposely set apart because that is what the people that's where you want your eye directed that's the person that you want to be following in the story so if we have a depiction of all these regular people and you'd be like, oh, this random guy in the dirty brown, you know, robes is Jesus, everyone's going to be like, well, that's not impressive. The guy in the, the brown outfit is John the Baptist and it's furry and he's furry and looks like a wild man. <laughs> Which is actually like, a good description of him because that was, that, it's either that's more biblical Esau or John the Baptist. Yeah. Um... Uh, so that's interesting. I'm sure there's a point when they, the artist created the look of Jesus that they were like, oh, white for purity, like red for... Yeah, I blood. actually looked up something. I looked it up because I was really curious because, you know, there are tons of, like, portraits and paintings of Jesus. And so there was, there is this myth that this portrait, that G, the Jesus of the... The portrait of the white Jesus comes from when a catholic caucasian pope, we probably should just get caucasian <laughs> whatever white <laughs> there's no need for that anyway i'm not insulting anybody we're half white half mexican it's not a big deal so anyway um it said the pope had used his son had commissioned his son uh, i forget what this guy's name is um and he became the white Jesus, and they destroyed all of the black-looking Jesuses, because Jesus was black, apparently, before, you know, the Pope came in. But that's a myth, because... They didn't know how to blend colors to give him, like, a nice... Like, no, they did. They definitely did. Like, art goes way on back. Um, painting specifically, I don't know the correct history, but I know Egyptians, like, they painted on the walls, and they had, like, color and everything. But apparently the first, one of the first paintings of Jesus was actually, uh, I think it was a Grecian or Roman painting. So Jesus was alive during that time. So, I mean, they... Or would have been alive yeah. recently. And of course his features have changed over time and we're not sure if that's a true depiction. Not that it matters. We don't need to know what Jesus looks like. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to know the history of that. Uh, my turn? You, you said start with the Old Testament and then you jumped over to Jesus. Well, you were talking about the image, what God, like we're made in the image of God. And well, I guess God Jesus is, not is in the Old Testament too, but. 
Jesus isn't in the Old Testament. He's referenced in the Old Testament. That's yeah. another okay. conversation That's one of, for another day. Okay. Uh, my next one is, and Chantel's going to love this one, uh, that people always refer to David as a man after God's own heart. Soapbox. It's my new soapbox. But um, if you listen to Knowing Faith and uh, Jen Wilkin and all those great people, uh, the correct translation is actually Jesus, uh, David is a man of God's own choosing. And I think this is interesting because what is it like? Because we always we always want to lift people up on pedestals and use them as our, uh, what do you call that? Like our heroes, our examples? Yeah, we want, we want to be able to compare ourselves to someone who we can relate to. So it's easier to say I can live up to David, who is a man after God's own heart, when he committed adultery. He, committed adultery, he murdered the guy's wife. Like, it's Mur- easier to murdered say that. the woman's husband. Yeah, murder the woman's husband. You're right. Um, but anyway, that was one of mine. The, and for that, and it, sometimes there's misconceptions because of what you've been taught as a children, and you are a child, and you don't read. You like at a certain age, you start reading the Bible for yourself, but you're learning how to study. And the thing with da- like David being a man of God's own choosing is, it's language. And so often the way we as English speakers read the Bible, we uh, don't always read it correctly and we don't take the time to like really study and think about culture and language and all that kind of stuff. So that's a good one. Uh, The next one is uh, Moses. So the Prince of Egypt came out when we were children and we love that movie. We love the soundtrack. Uh, Beautiful imagery. However, they got a lot of things wrong with that history uh and so one of them is that moses they i guess they didn't really not talk about it but they also didn't talk about it is moses's mother was able to um take him back into her home and breastfeed him um and take care of him until he got older and then yeah well the main thing they got wrong was the, that Moses didn't supposedly know that he was a Jew or like an Israelite yeah and he did know he did know so he definitely did that was one thing another thing is that when it comes time for uh Moses to go back to Egypt he wasn't some youngin he was 80 years old so yeah. in the movie they depict him like i don't know maybe 30s 40s 30s 40s yeah, yeah. And he wasn't. He was a, a really, really young guy. And Zipporah, his wife, did not go with him. Back to Egypt. Back to Egypt. No, she didn't. And then another thing is they didn't show is Aaron, in the beginning, spoke for Moses. Because Moses, remember, was like, I, I. He said, I'm, I'm I, tongue-tied. I can't I speak. I can't do it. And then God's like. And then Who finally he's like, fine. Mouth. Yeah. Aaron can speak for you. So Aaron speaks for him in the beginning, and then eventually Moses is able to speak for himself. And one thing, another thing they depict wrong is the fact that Moses and Pharaoh were, like, really close brothers. It does not say that in the Bible, that they were close, like, brothers like that. I mean, honestly, historically speaking, uh, it was probably more the opposite. Like, Pharaoh probably saw Moses as more of a threat than anything. Well, and then Pharaoh, like, 
um, they would have had multiple wives and multiple children. Yeah, so they weren't, they probably, the Pharaoh wasn't from, now I'm not saying this as a fact, uh, this is all speculation, but he probably wasn't from the same, like, mother that had take, taken in uh, Moses. Yeah. Um, another misconception is with the plagues. So, uh, the, what is it? Let me see. There was a couple of the plagues that the uh, Jews were affected by as well. And then, I'm trying to see which ones they were. And then, I want to say it's the first three that they were affected by. And then the last uh, seven, only the Egyptians were affected by. And so... Except for when the when the children first born. Yeah, so then that one, they had to make the choice. So that was another thing that uh, they definitely didn't depict correctly. Um, and then another thing is, in the movie, um, and I know when I even thought about it, is they all the firstborn die, and I always thought it was just the firstborn children, like little boys. But it was two weeks old and older. So even if you were a man with a family and you were the firstborn of your parents, you would have died as well. And so it was kind of serious. Like, it wasn't just, like, little boys dying throughout Egypt. It was... Not that that isn't terrible. It was men and uncles and brothers. Like, it was just all age ranges um, up. And so that was definitely interesting. But despite all of this, I have to tell you, when I was a kid, this is what I remember very distinctly, is that that movie was the reason I decided to read my Bible on my own. Because I was like, did this actually happen? Mm-hmm. That's, like, that prompted that. So, not that that, like, not that it's good that they got inaccuracies. And there are some great image imagery in there, like, of the parting of the Red Sea and the burning bush. That was amazing. But, Yeah. That's, that's definitely one thing. Is it my turn now to, to yeah. do one? I'm out of the Old Testament now. I just... Oh. oh, we didn't talk about one of the main Old Testament ones. And that is that Jonah was swallowed by a whale. Which is not true. He was swallowed by a big fish. Is what it says in the Bible. Not by a whale. I'm... I think the assumption was that whales are, like, the biggest fish that could possibly swallow a human. But there's that's... There's some big fish out there. Oh, yeah. There's, like, if you ever watch, like, the monster fish or whatever, they're supposed to grow so huge. But, yeah, that's one of the main ones that they... That's, like... I, I was even looking on Pinterest and they pretty much showed a whale. <laughs> like, that's, like, the coloring page is Jonah inside of a whale. And I'm not... I'm not gonna say... Oh, because they live so far back, they didn't know the difference between a fish and a mammal. They had brains, guys. They knew. Like, they were very intelligent people back then. Why wouldn't they know what they could and couldn't eat is the reality. Like, they had names before these things before we named them. Okay, are you ready to jump into the New Testament? Sure. Okay, so, my, what, this is November, and we are fastly approaching December, which November to December are is my some of my favorite. I don't. It's like my favorite season. I just love the weather. It's Christmas is coming, and so we're gonna talk about 
the classic nativity. So my mother collects nativities and with many nativities comes Mary Joseph, baby Jesus, a barn stable with shepherds, sheep, some cows, and then they sometimes offer the wise men in the package. However, there's some things they got wrong. They would not have necessarily been in a wooden structure. We in the U.S. have wooden barns, but back then they didn't have wooden barns. Everything was made with stone. Well, the building would have been made of stone or it would have been like cave-like structures. That's one thing. And then another is that uh, the wise men came. Wait, first, oh, let me back up. Rewind would be that Jesus was placed in a wooden trough. Um, and if you go to Israel, they actually show the troughs from back in the 80s or BCs. 80s it'd be 80 because 80 started it sounded with, like you said 80s as in 80s oh, a, 90s after like a d uh, would have been also like made out of uh stone like, the 80s is not that long so that's ago. one thing okay let's talk about the wise men megan how many wise men were there Ooh, they don't know we don't know it just says wise men as in we know there was more than one why do they always depict three uh it's an odd number and it's good for you know throwing things out there I think and the, pop, and the gifts, the gifts, yeah, the there's, gold, frankincense, and there's three gifts, um, and then these men would have, they're scholars, they're very intelligent, they would have traveled with a caravan, yeah, which is why it was so noticeable to King Herod when they were traveling through, is like, oh, what is these men, and what are these men? Another thing is, yeah, I did you say this right? They did not see Jesus when he was first born. I was getting to that. They saw him when he was, like, a toddler. Yeah, so this is what went down. Jesus, one of my favorite Christmas movies is The Nativity. I love that movie, but they did get that end part wrong. So when Jesus was born, um, the angels went to the shepherds, and the shepherds went and saw Jesus, and then they proclaimed throughout Bethlehem and the surrounding areas that Jesus was born. It was, I want to say, two years later um, this that the wise men came and visited Jesus and Mary and Joseph were living in Bethlehem at that time. And then after that, they fled to Egypt because that was then that Herod killed the babies. So that's definitely one of the uh, misconceptions of... Well, they would have had to stay for the census, so that's why they were there. Um, yeah, and they just lived there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Moving on. My turn? Yeah. Um, okay. Mine isn't, like, it's not specific, like, Old Testament, New Testament thing. Um, it's just thing, it's just something that I think that we, like, just say that we don't realize that it, like, it presumes something that's not true. And that is when we tell kids that it's a bible story so like hansel and gretel is a story and cinderella is a story and you know pride and prejudice is a story but when we're talking about the bible we're talking about history something that actually happened 
um, and people that were real and alive and they felt things and had emotions. They didn't come, just come from an imagination. So that's one thing that's definitely. Yeah, I actually, this last Sunday, I was telling the kids, um, I don't remember what story we were talking about, but it was, and I know we use the word story because it is a story, but it is a true story. It is a history. And so I was like, is this like a fairy tale or is, did that really happen? And so I always ask them like, did this, like, it's true and it happened and it's not like Cinderella. It's not like Snow White. It's not like those legends, um, Robin Hood, all those things. So, um, yeah, that's definitely important. Next, this is one thing that I did not think about until I went to India and that is communion. So growing up and it's from pictures and also the way that our churches did it is I always thought that Jesus and his disciples broke bread. It was a loaf of bread like we know it today, like French bread, like a baguette. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's not that wasn't what kind of bread they had back then. They had pita like stuff. Yeah, it would have just been a different type of bread. So I just always imagined and that was just me. It wasn't that and anyone taught me that. The Israelites ate unleavened bread. Isn't that right? For the Passover they did. Yeah. Yeah. So it would it wouldn't have been a fluffy bread. It, it wouldn't have been, have been a, a flat it wouldn't bread. have been a, a French baguette or anything like that. I don't think those existed. So yet. that was definitely just my personal misconception about communion and then went to india and i saw naan and i was like oh wait other cultures have different types of food and bread yeah especially like middle eastern cultures um okay my turn yep uh i only have a couple more i think I okay one more it's the last um, one i talk about angels have wings like, the iconic angel is this white guy with blonde hair, blue eyes, and these beautiful white wings. But, okay, I'm going to preface this by saying some angels have wings. Some angels. But the angels that, like, Gabriel and that went down to see Moses. What's he, the other angels? Michael. Gabriel Michael. And Michael. I was going to say Michael, but I wasn't positive that it was Michael. Anyway, there's they those, didn't those have wings. Only, I think Lucifer, Gabriel, and Michael are the only angels that we know of their names specifically. Right. And then, you know, Lucifer. Um, and it doesn't tell you what, like, type of angel they are. But there are, there are two specific types of angels that have wings. The cherubim and the seraphim. And both of those are some weird-looking angels. Like... <laughs> Are, was it the cherubim has have eyes all over their bodies, and then Things they have like eyes over their bodies, it's, and then they have six wings, two to cover their eye, their face. Ezekiel and, and Daniel then, did their best, and John did their best to describe these things, and two to cover their feet, and then I don't know what the other two were doing, um, but yeah, so they had three pairs of wings, six wings, but an angel is not this, you know being that flies around on a pair of white glowing wings. I was actually thinking about angels and uh, a, a lot of people believe that everyone has a guardian angel. I was going to talk about that too. 
but we don't have guardian angels. Nowhere in the Bible does it talk about guardian why, angels. Why? Okay, so why would you need a guardian angel? You have the God that created the angels taking care of you and watching over you. Yes. Why would he need to send an angel to protect you? And I, I think part of it is like the time when, what was it, that prophet? And he's like, go, the servant, he sent the servant outside and there was like an army of angels or whatever. Yeah, there is it. There's definitely angels. We don't have guardian angels, but there are angels out there fighting a battle. Spiritual, a spiritual battle. Yeah, there is this place in Jude that I want to, oh, let me look it up. Well, while she's looking it up, like, I can see why people say that, but when they say, when people are like, oh, your angel must have struggle keeping you alive in the car, no. Like, that's giving angels more authority and more, like, what is that called? It's like giving them more praise than they deserve, because who's keeping you alive in that car? Who's protecting you and, like, taking care of your life? Isn't that God? Isn't God the one that is watching over you and, and taking care of you and blessing you? Um, so I think that's definitely a misconception. Like, the moment you're born, God has already assigned you, like, a specific angel to take care of you. Yeah. So angels do... There is a spiritual battle going on between good and evil. And that's just the best way to say it. So in Jude, uh, it talks about how... Uh, Michael had to contend with the devil and they were disputing about Moses's body. And in order to contend against the devil, Michael said the Lord rebuke you. So he didn't even use him like as an angel. He didn't even like call on his own power. He just said the Lord rebuke you. He always pointed back to God. So there's definitely angels contending out there doing the will yeah. of God that are we can't see. Ephesians 6 talks about that unseen battle, the spiritual warfare. Yeah. So there's definitely that going on, but we do not all need or have our own little angels guarding us all the time. We're big angels. We're big angels. <laughs> um, okay, okay, what's your next one? Because my I'm going to finish. You want to finish with yours? Yeah. Um, I have a couple of deep ones, but... My last one's deep, like the... Is it the Meridian? Meridian Trench or Marion Trench? It's not Meridian Trench. Um, Trench. Okay, uh, I'll I'll just do this one because I think this one's interesting. Is after we say a prayer, we're saved, and that's it. That's all we have to do to to be Christians, which technically is like you say the prayer you accept the lord into your life and as your savior and your lord but like that's not all there is to being a christian like it's not it's not like you got this you know stamp marked on you that says okay you're approved yeah i think that's what we tell children kind of like let children believe is like oh the moment you let or let Adults believe is the moment you let Jesus into your heart, everything's going to be okay. And, and that's you're one not going to struggle. Jesus doesn't go into your heart. That's weird. Well, I mean, not your physical heart. He doesn't go in anything. <laughs> that was weird. When you said that, that was <laughs> he doesn't weird. doesn't enter into us. No, it's the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
Um, okay, go ahead. Okay, so sort of along the lines of that is we believe in church and we teach that God saved us from our sins so we could go to heaven. So God saves us to God saves us from hell so we can go to heaven. But that is not the sum of why God saved us or the end. I mean, God doesn't want us to go to hell, but that's not why he sent a savior. So God saved us for to have communion and have a relationship to restore that relationship that was broken. And so when we say, oh, God saved us. Because I remember, I'm, I'll tell a story. I remember being little and they told us in Sunday school that God saved us from our sins so we could go to heaven. They, I didn't know anything about hell. I just remember thinking, well... I don't want to live forever and ever and ever and ever because I, I looked at the life around me and the world around me. I was like, who wants to live forever with this kind of nonsense? <laughs> and I was like, why can't I just go to sleep and be done? Like, why can't I just live my life and then be done? That was me at like five years old thinking this. And then... You and your five-year-old deep thoughts. Yeah. And then like I learned about how God gave the gift of salvation through Christ and that we I was saved from my sins. And so then I was like, oh, I have these sins that need taken care of. Like, and God provided the way for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when it came to, like, heaven and hell, I was like, oh, I was saved from hell. Like, this fiery... Inferno. Inferno, which hell is not what we would discuss as a place. Like, a yeah. location. Because it's... it's okay, it's like heaven. It there these are spirit there it's a, a spiritual, spiritual realm thing. Yeah. it's a spiritual realm like your soul is something spiritual this it sounds like hocus pocus but <laughs> like the god is a spirit heaven is a spiritual realm it's not like you can we are souls with bodies yeah and it's not like you can just dig down into the earth and find hell you know yeah so in, instead of us thinking that god saved us from hell to so we could go to heaven no god saved us for communion and for relationship and so we could have fellowship and so we could return back to what we had before the fall yeah i've been studying first john and it talks about uh it talks about that how we can have fellowship with god um through christ so yeah so that's always that's something i've been thinking on is how i think a lot of times when people first become believers or when we're teaching about salvation, uh, God, we're saved from hell. And that's like, oh, we're saved from like the torture. But what hell is, is separation from God. Like hell is separation from God and heaven is communion with God. So if heaven had didn't have God, then it wouldn't be heaven. And the reason hell is hell is because it's that separation from God forever. Yeah. And it's not because there is fire and brimstone so much as... And little demons to you torture are, you for the rest yeah, of your Yeah, you are you separated know, from God. And so that's what makes hell hell and heaven is uh, forever with God and that relationship restored. So, yeah. I think we just rapid fire covered some things in the Bible that 
we maybe had misconceptions about or that uh honestly what a lot of these misconceptions come from is renderings that are given to us through media like different yeah oh what do you call that mediums different mediums so and our own ignorance and not and our and our lack of looking thing like searching ourselves yeah so i think uh if you are a teacher out there especially uh with children of okay i'll say this if you're a if you're a teacher always be aware that there can just be i'm sure what am i trying to say just be if you're a teacher out there just be aware of those things and try and teach biblically uh no culture no history know the background of the bible well be a good berean study well Uh, and then if you are a student which we all are students uh, you need to also be good at looking at the background looking at the languages and there are resources we live in an age where the resources to know historical background to know cultural background to know language and have other people that have gone before us that have studied there the resources are endless and so there's no excuse not to know or to have these misconceptions and i don't know i'd say parents if you're gonna let your kids watch these movies that maybe like prince of egypt or nativity like christmas movies like just be aware or any any movie that proclaims that it's talking about the Bible, just know that these secular people are looking at them as stories. Yeah, and they're interpreting them however they want. They're not looking at them as like historical fact. And when it comes to that, because I know they're being like Roman Downey and her husband do the like, Bible series on TV, uh, and they didn't always get it ro- right. Or yeah, and that's because when people. I don't know about Roma Downey specifically and her husband, but people that read the Bible and then are trying to turn it into like a movie or a TV show or a play, they don't have the Holy Spirit who gives us insight into God's word. It's just literature to them. So that's one thing. Yeah. And Um, don't, don't trust media to teach your children the Bible. You teach your children the Bible. Yeah. Oh, very good. Okay, Megan, what's our... What's our fun question for today? Our ending question after the rapid fire. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. Okay. Our fun question for today is related. Most... A lot of times they're not related. I'm going to be honest here. But today is related. What is your favorite Bible history? Like, what's your favorite? We haven't done this before? No. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna I'll just give you mine. So my favorite is oh my gosh, and don't look down on me because I always get them mixed up. I believe it's Elijah with the J, not Sha. And when he was on the mountaintop with the prophet prophets of Baal Baal, however you say that guy's name. Um, and they're like cutting themselves and are screaming and crying for their their god to you know burn up their this calf on this altar their sacrifice and then elijah he tells him now you're gonna throw water on the mine 
and completely drenches the altar, the stones, like all the wood and everything. And then he prays to God and God consumes everything, like even the rocks. And even as a child, that always, Why I was, was always that? like, that was so amazing. Just because it was like so supernatural? Yeah, and it was cool. Yeah, it was Elijah. You're right with a J. It was Elijah. And then Kings as I got older, I thought it was even more uh, interesting because after that amazing, like, miraculous act of God, he runs away <laughs> because of Jezebel. We have our highs and we have our lows. <laughs> he definitely had a rough time. Poor guy. Okay, Chantel, what, what, I'll, I'll change the question. What was your favorite from when you were a kid? What was your favorite? Oh, as a kid? Oh, yeah, I definitely changed it as an adult. Oh, my favorite as a kid. The long, empty space. Is uh, Zacchaeus the wee little man? Zacchaeus was And the reason was man. is I think also it was because he's small. But and it you're was small. That and I was a kid, you're like, oh, I'm small too. Like I can relate to this small man. And Jesus knew he was there. But I thought if he he wanted to see Jesus so much that he climbed a tree, like I could see. I as a child, I understood. Like, you know when you you know when you want to see something and when you're excited about something. And so you're going to go to great lengths to make it happen. And that's what Zacchaeus did. And then I, I was like, oh, my gosh, Jesus talked to Zacchaeus. Like, he went to his house. So when he's like, come down, I'm going to your house. And Zacchaeus was not a good man. Uh, but he was a man of faith. And he was like, God had stirred his heart and he was going to see after him. So that was probably one of my favorites. Alrighty. Well, that's the end of our portrait number six. This has been the Thought Gallery podcast with Megan and my co-host. Chantel. Uh, if you want to see hints or upcoming things or just uh, amazing art, go ahead and go to our Instagram page at Thought Gallery Podcast. And we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.